Well, good morning, everybody. Great to see you this morning and uh, great to be together. Um, just lovely to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, I just had a couple of um, uh, words just come um, uh, from different people this morning, one just now, one just before the meeting, really just about healing, about um, asking the Lord for something. And um, uh, just coming with, you know, that God actually does want to, you know, the word I just had was as we started to sing that impossible things, somebody just really felt the Lord speaking to the Spirit, really just about asking God for, for situations and circumstances that seem to be out of control that we can't really change, and just having faith for that, beginning to believe for that. And uh, again, this morning, I just had a text from someone just saying, um, very much along the lines of, you know, believing God and asking God to do more you know, than we could ask or imagine, really. Believe in God for something different. And I think that's, a, you know, just a, a sense of that. And so just as we close the meeting today, the prayer team will be here. We're going to pray with you. If you've got a need or situation in your life that you really are just uh, are trusting God for. And, um, you know, before I get into the Word this morning, I just want to talk a little bit about that. I think we are in a season uh, in life just now where, you know, the Bible talks about that God will shake the heavens and the earth. I don't know about you, but we're being shaken, aren't we? There's lots of stuff going on around the world. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I just want to encourage you, people of God, our faith, and we've been singing it this morning, our faith is not in our situation, but our faith is in God. And the two are different. Our situations will change. Our circumstances will change. We will have times in our lives when we have to dig deep and fight to walk through. We have to say, well, you know what? See, well, I remember when Jesus healed the blind man and uh, they said, uh, the blind man said, uh, whether he is good or bad, I don't know. Whether he is this or that, I don't know. But one thing I do know, I was blind, now I see. So sometimes it's not about what we don't know, it's about what we do know. And I think sometimes we just have to say, God, here in the midst of this, I'm just going to put my faith in you. And it's a decision to put our faith in God. And uh, I know, you know, the pastor of the church, I, I know we've been through difficult times. Some people in the congregation, even this morning, uh, you know, you've suffered a, a great deal in the last year. And, and uh, it's a testimony to your faith that you're even in the house this morning. Just saying, you know what, I'm going to put my trust in Jesus. And so I just want to encourage you, people of God, I don't think it's ever, ever pointless to choose to believe. It's always purposeful. Lord, I choose to believe today don't understand what's going on but I choose to believe God I don't I don't see your plan being worked out in my life and as you read from the scriptures beginning to the old you'll find this uh this kind of situation again and again God I this this is what I do know I do know who you are I do know that you love me and therefore I'm going to put my faith in you so I want to encourage the people of God this morning uh, just to kind of take hold of that word and and to believe you know to press through and to keep pressing through and uh, this morning I'm going to just start a new series we've been uh, uh, just did this three little weeks really on just uh, uh, the unity in the church today I want to talk about conversations with God I, w- I want to talk about prayer for the next few weeks and I want to talk about it from a very um, simplistic view sometimes you know we've had so much teaching on prayer and we know so much about prayer it's not that we need to know about prayer it's just that we need to pray don't you think but I don't know about you but sometimes I made prayer complicated so complicated that when I come to pray I'm a bit lost I'm not sure if I need to pray with uh, you know fervent pray in the spirit pray and intercede pray with fasting pray with hope pray you know on the toilet I don't know I didn't say that I pray pray wherever I go it's, it's like sometimes we make it so complicated and, and, and I think it's uh, 
we, I want to try and simplify prayer, and so we're going to pray to, um, I'm going to pray that we can do that now. Um, uh, I, I just want to try and help us, because I really believe that prayer is such an important thing for helping us find our way in life. And uh, I don't think, really think the Lord minds what your style of praying is, um, you know, but I think he just wants that connection with him in life. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that over the next few weeks. Um, and we're going to talk about praying when you don't know what to pray, because we find that sometimes, don't we? Uh, praying when you're in trouble. Um, uh, the series is getting longer as I keep talking about it this morning. Uh, praying when you've made a mess. Anybody have to pray those kind of prayers? I'm here again, Lord, and I'm in, made a mess. Uh, trying to, <laughs> don't have to be too honest this morning, thanks very much. <laughs> but we're all, we're all in that place, aren't we? P- praying when uh, I can't hear God. Because um, these, are, these are, you know, I, I don't want to talk about techniques as much as I want to look at prayers in the Bible where there are conversations with God. Where people say, you know, here I am God, and uh, I suck. And I'm, a, I'm not even sure where you are, but God, I'm still here. You see, I think that's what makes us believers, is that we walk through life, you know. And uh, we have to say, well, God, here I am. So today I want to start really with this amazing prayer that Jesus taught us, uh, uh, Conversations with God from Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and we're going to start at verse 5, just read a few verses and then get into the word this morning. And that uh, my aim today is just to try and uh, release you to enjoy talking to God this week. That's good, isn't it? To release you to have a good time with the Lord. To release you to, to have a conversation with him and, to, and to, to come through it with a sense of, yeah, okay, Lord, I, I've connected with you. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Amen. <laughs> I love this. Uh, uh, that, that last verse is a doozy, isn't it? It's like, whoa, okay, that just brings a level playing field. We all have to think about that because, you know, we all ask the Lord to forgive us when sometimes all he wants us to do is forgive others. And so we need to remember that sometimes our prayers are not really very effective because actually uh, uh, there's the stuff in our lives that we have to deal with. And um, God will, will nail us to get us to deal with the issue so that we can move forward. But I want us to just try and get the handle of prayer so that we, we, we recognize this dialogue with God. I love this little picture and I thought of it when I uh, came up to this, this conversation with God, this man reaching out to God, famous image, somebody famous painted it, no idea who. Um, but uh, it, it, it's just about that connection with with God. How many of us, prayer is the chief way that we have a connection with God. 
Listen, I believe that we experience, and we were talking about, I can't remember, I was in some meeting this week, we were talking about experiencing God um, and knowing his presence in our lives, and and that's such a, a powerful thing. But one of the chief ways we experience and know God is through prayer. And it's that relational connection with him. You see, God wants that communication, that relationship to be strong. Remember the, the book of Genesis, uh, first, uh, and it, say, it would say, and, and God would come and walk with Adam and evening in, in, the, in the cool of the evening. Isn't that amazing? Don't you think that's amazing that God would come and just be with his people, the creation? And I think that just is a reflection of actually God wants to be involved in our lives and in the small things of our lives as well as the big, in the communication of our lives and the dialogue of our lives. And and we know that the Bible teaches that prayer is a key way that we can bring our requests and needs to the Lord and it'll help us take hold of him. But I, I think that God invites us into this relationship with him that would just help us learn and understand and, and know him. And so I, I think the disciples uh, just felt this tension. And it's really interesting to me uh, that they started off really with a bit of, um, uh, you know, the book of Luke tells us they asked Jesus to teach them to pray the way that John had taught his disciples. There's a little bit of competition going there, isn't there? Isn't it funny how they were just like, teach us to pray as John has taught his disciples. In other words, John's doing better than you are, Lord. We want to pray like his people. You know, there's a sense of desire. They're willing to learn. And that's a key to learning to pray, is actually being willing to be taught. Because sometimes, you know, we become quite fixed in our approach to things. And we refuse, especially if we've been doing it for a while. Have you ever been praying for a while and think, well, you know, I don't really need to learn how to pray again. I'm already pretty good. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I would say that if there's anything that Christians feel guilty of regularly, it's that they don't pray but enough. Anybody else in that boat? So I want us to try and get past that to enjoy prayer. Because, you know, I'm, I, I get the feeling that God is not like my mum. You know, my mum, my mum, when I ring my mum, it's not so bad now because I ring her quite a lot because she's a bit poorly. But before then, I'd ring her, you know, occasionally. And she'd go, oh, you're still alive then. Anybody else know what that experience is like? Fellas especially, isn't it, you know? And, um, and I'm sure, you know, and I used to think that when I, you know, hadn't prayed for a while, it became harder to talk to God because I, when I first talked to him, the first thing he'd say to me was, oh, you're still alive then, Dave, do you know what I mean? But, but God's not like that. God loves it, you know. And my mum loved it too, by the way. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, but, but she, you know, there's an openness from the Lord. He's receiving us. He's welcoming us into his presence so that we might understand. And so I want to just try and pull out some stuff about prayer today to help us um, to, to have conversations with God that really strengthen our lives. And this whole uh, section of, of Matthew um, is really to help us get that into our hearts and into our minds. You know, it's part of the Sermon on the Mount. It's Jesus teaching that. Um, but we just want to try and pick it up and understand how it works in our heart and in our lives. So um, I've got quite a few points this morning, so I'm going to have to go quick. But it's not, it's not a big dynamic sermon. It's just straightforward. Prayer is a conversation rather than a presentation. See, I think sometimes we get a bit hung up about prayer because we think it has to be, you know, a little bit more kind of content than that sometimes it is. How many of you know when you just say, dear God, I need you? That's a prayer. That's a conversation with God. It doesn't have to be, oh, my heavenly Father, I beseech you as I come before you this morning. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. You know, and sometimes we don't pray because we feel we can't pray enough. But actually, most of us can say, dear Lord, help me, or dear Lord, hello. 
It's a conversation. It's a start, not a presentation. It doesn't have to be sophisticated. In fact, Jesus said, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love the praise standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I tell you, they've had the reward in full. I mean, they were living in a Jewish context, so the Pharisees loved to pray on the street corners. Can you imagine that? Rob Greenbag out on the corner of Curzon Street. Dear Lord be a bit weird in our culture, wouldn't it? But actually what happens is sometimes we all, we all know people who have got amazing prayer lives and, and uh, you know, we just think, oh, wouldn't it be great because they pray so they're so much more sophisticated in their prayers than we are. Anybody sometimes feel like that? But actually the Bible says, no, it's not a presentation. It's a conversation with God. It's, it's a moment for you to communicate and connect with who God is and to touch him. So when you're praying so that others are impressed, you're preaching. And the probability is you're not a preacher, so be quiet. You know, talk to God. It's great that other people can say their amen, but the primary purpose is to talk to God. I mean, it's true that if you pray a prayer that's incoherent, then nobody else can say their amen. That's true. So we encourage you to, you know, pray sensibly. But the truth is it's about saying something that other people can agree with and say, yes, Lord, we agree with that prayer. And, uh, you know, when we're praying in public, hey, you know, I don't want to get off on this because this is a whole other thing. But I'm worried that the art of praying together is being lost in modern day church. Because actually to pray with people is a skill that we have to learn and develop. Uh, it's a whole other thing. Maybe that'll be the next series. Secondly, prayer is intimate rather than formal. He says this, when you go, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. He says prayer is really meant to be about you and God. It's meant to be an intimate thing. It's meant to be a place where you find strength. It's meant to be a place where you are real with God and and where you can actually just be yourself. It's not meant to be about what other people see or what people hear. It's about you entering into that reality of your life, the good and the bad, the struggles and the opportunities. It's about being in the midst of all of that God wants you to express that see sometimes we think oh God doesn't want us to talk about the nitty-gritty of our lives but it's the nitty-gritty of our lives that God cares about now he knows about them but he still cares about them and he wants us to dialogue with him and try and help us work it through in our lives see it's that intimacy that gives us confidence with God When we lose that sense of intimacy with God, when our prayer life isn't working right, our confidence with God starts to diminish. Because intimacy brings confidence. You think about that. The people you're intimate with, I don't mean physically intimate, I mean emotionally and mentally intimate with, uh, uh, socially intimate with, people who share your life and you invest in them and you meet and you have coffee and you chat and you have food. Those people are the people who you have confidence with and about. And it's that which comes out of uh, our prayer life. It brings intimacy with us. And that intimacy enables us to have confidence in who God is and what he has for us. So when we have that intimacy, when we get it wrong, we don't feel totally slated by God. When I was a young Christian, if ever I sinned, which wasn't often, you know, when I came to Sunday morning communion, and we used to have communion every week in those days, I hear some of you going, yes, we've slipped a long way down the road. I, I, I can hear, you know, we used to have communion every week and I used to walk into church and think to myself, oh, I'm, God's really mad with me today. I've got this massive thing to get right with God because my confidence had gone. Why? Because my sin had stopped me being connected to God. I'm just trying to talk openly today. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
And so I want you to think about it because God wants your prayer life to be an intimate thing that overcomes these struggles, that doesn't, allow, doesn't get in the way of them. Three, prayer is meant to be routine. I love this. Give us this day. You know, you think about that. God wants you to be in a routine of prayer, a habit of prayer, so that actually it's, it's something which is often in your life. Sometimes the, uh, we went to see Julia's sister, uh, brother and sister-in-law the other week. And you know, you know what it is when you haven't seen people for a long time, you turn up, we haven't seen them for a year maybe, we come in, we you know, drive in, we sit down, and then we spend the next five hours talking. Because we're catching up on everything that's happened for their children, for them, for our children, for us, you know. Our boys are sat in the corner like this. You know how it is, because they're thinking, when will this be over? You know, because we're, we're catching up. Why? Because we haven't talked really at that level for a long time. And you see, sometimes the problem is with our prayer life is that's what we're like with God. Anybody know? You come to God and you've got such a long prayer list, you're, you're bored before you start. And then you try and make it interesting for the Lord. Why? Because it's such not a routine. It's something which you're, it's a special occasion. You know, you feel, you know, this is a one in a lifetime opportunity for the Lord to listen to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, so you have to get through everything. I just want to say to you, actually, prayer is meant to be much more routine than that. Give us this day, Jesus taught us. In other words, he said, prayer is something which should be about your daily life, which should be about, hey, Lord, I'm going. You know, we, uh, uh, Benny Hinn wrote a book years ago called Good Morning, Holy Spirit. And, he, you know, people were, there were good parts of the book and bad parts of the book, like every book that's been ever written. But the, the thesis was, start the day with God. Start the day by just talking to the Lord. Be routine about it. Be, you know what, Lord? It's good that I'm with you today. One of my favorite verses in the uh, scriptures is there in Thessalonians 5. Are you ready for a doozy? Rejoice always. Oh, amen this morning. Pray continually. Oh, hallelujah. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Wow, what a thing. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will. What, what's going on? God's saying, actually, you know, it's that, it's that daily routine of, of being, finding joy in his presence, of talking to him, of giving thanks for what you've got rather than moaning about what you haven't got that actually sets you up to know and experience the blessing of God in your life. And so we have to, you know, discipline ourselves. It's a routine. It's something we put into our lives. I just wanted to say to you this week, if you make just talking to God daily a routine in your life, and I don't mean you have to go into your room and shut the door and be there for an hour, okay? I mean, as you go, talk to the Lord. Pray continually. Say, Lord, here I am. It might be a good idea before you go out the door, though, just to say, Lord, I remind myself that I'm yours today and that I'm living for you. So, Lord, I'm going to live for you today. Please be with me. Guide me. Speak to me. Help me. Strengthen me. Because actually, Lord, I live out of this. This relationship with you is my starting point. This this identity of being your child is my reality. And I seek to live out of that. Prayer is meant to be a daily rhythm that we adopt. And when we only come to the Lord occasionally, prayer becomes more difficult because it's always about, it's usually about an issue that we've left it until then. Anybody know the feeling? Oh Lord, I should have talked to you about this before. But I thought I didn't really need to, but now I'm in trouble. And the Lord's there for us in those circumstances. We're going to talk a little bit about that in the next few weeks. Of course he is. 
But actually, there needs to come. You see, part of the problem is if we haven't had that routine of praying, of just talking to the Lord. And I'm not talking about, again, I'm, I, I, I'm, listen, I don't want to, it's just being recorded, yes. Um, I'm not against having a quiet time in your life, but the quiet time is not the, the be-all and end-all of Christian life. You can, you can read your Bible and pray in the morning or in the evening and tick your box, but then never talk to the Lord again during the day. That's a religious approach to Christianity. We want a relational approach to Christianity. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will. Lord, I'm, I, I, haven't experienced, I, I haven't felt close to you today, but I know you're near. That's, that's a relational thing. Religious one is, well, I prayed this morning, I don't need to feel him near. I don't need to tell him that I want him to be near. I did my bit. And there's some value in that, but actually the real value is walking daily with the Lord in prayer and making it a routine of our lives. Now, if Jesus withdrew sometimes to pray, then sometimes we're going to have to do it. But actually, there needs to be the ongoing communication. Okay, so that was the kind of background. That was just getting into the, 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 uh, the, the, the prayer of Jesus. Here we go. Prayer, <laughs> prayer acknowledges who God is. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer acknowledges who God is. You see, when you start with prayer, and the way Jesus taught us to pray, you start with, yeah, I come to you, God, my Father in heaven, the creator of the world. You see, when you start with who he is, it instantly frames your life in a different way. See, if we often start prayer with who we are, then we start with us. And the trouble is, I have to say it, most of us are fairly egocentric. We are at the center of our very importance. And actually, when you come and surrender and understand that God is God and he has a plan and a purpose that he will fulfill, and his plan and purpose, listen, is independent of us, but includes us. In other words, God's plan and purpose is not based on you. It's based on him. That's an important distinction. But here's the amazing thing, is that God can work out your plan and purpose in the midst of his plan and purpose. It's getting deep this morning, isn't it? So when you come and say, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, actually what you're doing is you're saying, God, I acknowledge today that you are God and I'm not. I acknowledge today that you are the one who created the world. I didn't. I acknowledge the one that, you, that you're the one who sees the beginning from the end. It's not me. I acknowledge, God, that you are larger and wider and higher and deeper than I will ever be. And so therefore, Father in heaven, I acknowledge you. And my life is devoted to you. It's not you devoted to me. Him devoted to you is a side effect of his love. But you devoted to him is a choice of submission that you make. And so therefore we have to come to that place and say, God, I acknowledge who you are. He, and, and when we come to him, we think about him and understand that he is the one who's in control. And we use these terms, he's omnipotent, all-powerful, he's omniscient, all-knowing, he's omnipresent, he's everywhere. That is the characteristic of God and that is the context of our prayers. So when we feel, yeah, God can do impossible things, we're not trying to work ourselves up because we feel it this morning. We believe that actually he's omnipower, om, omnipotent, omniscient. We believe he's all-powerful. We believe that actually God can do that. And if we don't believe that, then actually our belief in God is not the biblical God who's revealed himself like that. It's the God we've made in our own image. 
I want to say to you, many people make God in their own image. It's called idolatry. It might not be a little shrine. It might not be something. But it's what they want to believe about God. I remember hearing one lady say to me early in my days in ministry, my heavenly father would not do that. And I said to her, you have no understanding and no right to say to your heavenly father what he will and will not do. Because the Bible says he sustains the world by the breath of his mouth. And if he chooses to stop, breath- to stop breathing upon you, this whole thing will pass away. Now we don't like that because something in us wants to be in control a bit more. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But this is the God we believe in. Friends, there will come a challenge to, and it is happening all around the world, but even in our liberal, broadly minded culture, the truth is there is coming a challenge to the church to believe in a God who will overrule the affairs of men. Because people are liberal in their views about everything apart from a God that doesn't fit in with their views. We know that, don't we? And so when we say, well, actually, our worldview is different to yours, we believe in a God who's higher and greater and more in authority and in control of this world than anybody else, and he will have the final say, then people will say, well, we think you're deluded. So we have to be sure that when we pray, see, one of the reasons we need to pray to the God of heaven is because it reminds ourselves what we believe. I'm not praying to a genie who can help me today. I'm praying to the God of heaven who controls everything. And before whom everyone will answer. That's the difference. This prayer is not just about my life, although we'll cover that in a moment, maybe in three weeks' time when I get round to it. But this prayer is to the God who I acknowledge is the one who loved me and created me and has a plan for my life. And therefore, he's the one that I come to in everything. That's the God I pray to. And when you start in prayer with that person, with that God, it changes your perspective of life. And if it doesn't, then you need to get a greater view of God. That's what your prayer should be about. God, I need to know more of you. That was a bit heavier than I intended it to be, I'm sorry. (laughs) Prayer acknowledges who God is. (laughs) that comes a heavy one Uh, No, prayer is about submission to God your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven prayer reminds us that we are not here that God is not here primarily for us but we are here primarily for him there's a difference see when you don't pray often you know it's often when you come it's about you but when you come through this process when Jesus taught them to pray he said listen Acknowledge who the Father is. Recognize it's a routine. Acknowledge who the Father is, but then surrender to his kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He said, you need to pray. In my life today, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let the priority and rule of your kingdom come. Let the power of your kingdom be seen in my life. Lord, in my life today, let your will be done. Sometimes it's easy to pray for God's will to be done on earth than it is in your own life. Anybody know the feeling? I pray your will will be done among all those horrible people over there, Lord. (laughs) I pray in the nations that your will will be done, where the people are doing terrible things. Lord, let your will be done. Yes, but how about, Lord, in my life, let your will be done. See, here's the deal, friends. If we prayed that a bit more, we'd stop praying about everybody else's faults. 
and concentrate on what God wanted to say to us and do in our lives and in our circumstances. Remember Jesus, as he faced the crucifixion, goes into the garden and kneels before and he says, God, and this is what he says, this is the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed. Lord Jesus, he said, Father, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, please take it away. In other words, he says, I don't want to die. That's what he's saying. I don't want to die. I don't want to be crucified. I don't want to be filled. I don't want to be separated from you. God, is there any way that this can be turned away from me? And then in his prayer, he says, yet nevertheless, Lord, not my will, but yours. Isn't it amazing that sometimes God will allow you to go through things that he purposes for the benefit of others? We were reading Ephesians this week in one of the life groups, and um, Paul talks about Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of you Gentiles. It's a great letter, isn't it? Can you imagine if I was arrested next week and I wrote a letter to Derby City Church and said, Dave, a prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of Derby City Church. That's what he's saying. How many of you would go, oh, poor pastor, you think, don't blame me for your situation. He understands that actually his purpose is in God. And so he's surrendering to the Father's will. See, prayer helps us to surrender to the Father's will. Prayer helps us to deal with some of these situations that are so overwhelming our lives and circumstances. Quickly, I've got to go on. Uh, don't know what number it is, but it's one. Prayer is how we deal with the needs that we face. Give us this day our daily bread. Prayer is how we deal with them. Prayer is how we face them. We bring them to God. We say, God, here are my points of needs. Now, for, uh, you know, it's interesting. For them, it was daily bread. You know, it was, a, it was a real thing. They went to the bakery daily. We don't necessarily do that. We're not worried so much just about the instant daily gratification of our physical needs. But actually, we have to bring our needs to God. For us, they might be emotional. For us, they might be um, uh, physical. For us, they might be spiritual or mental. However they arise in our lives, we need to say, God, here I am, Lord. Please provide for me. I need you. Please provide healing for me. Please provide opportunity for me. Lord, please provide an opening for me. Please close that situation. Please let me be free of this. God, we bring our needs before him. Prayer is how we express and deal with our needs in life. Jesus tells a story in Luke chapter 11 as he teaches on the, this prayer. He says, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come on a journey and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside says, don't bother me. The door is locked up. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, because of your shameless audacity, he will get up and give you as much as you need. So I say, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Because of your shameless audacity. You know, sometimes we just have to come before God and say, here I am again, Lord. I'm shameless. See, sometimes we don't come out for prayer because we've lost that sense of tenacity. I, I don't want to ask again. God hasn't done it yet, so God's never going to do it. That's not what the Bible teaches, actually. Hello? The Bible teaches, where's your shameless audacity? Where's your, here I am, God, you say you'll hear me, so God, in Jesus' name, I'm still going to keep asking. Friends, that challenges me deep within my heart. How about you? Because if I'm going to pray for my needs to be met, then I need to come and say, God, here I am. I'm going to pray about it personally. I'm going to pray about it together. God, here I am. And he talks about this woman banging on a neighbor's door until the neighbor got out of bed. And somewhere in this, we don't like to have to think about that with God, do we? 
Well, we just pray once and God, God leaves it, we'll leave it with him. The Bible says you have not because you did not ask. Isn't that interesting? So sometimes you, you haven't come into what you need to come in because you you've stopped asking. There needs to be a little bit of tenacity in you that says I'm going to keep coming for what the Lord wants. That's the sweetest back trying I've ever had. You know, that's what I think. I think that's what the Lord listens to in heaven when he listens to us pray. It's the sound of heaven right there, isn't it? It's the Lord in heaven and he can hear us expressing ourselves in words that we don't, even don't understand. God, I'm just here. And I think he just hears a little childlike surrender to him, just saying, God, here we are, I need you. It's a beautiful picture of what, what it means to the Lord to listen to his people. I'm here, Lord, I'm here again. I'm humbling myself before you. I need you. I can't do it myself, God. I'm dependent upon you. God, without you, this is not going to work. I, I come in that surrender. See, see, somewhere in our, you know, I was listening, last week I think it was, I was driving to church and some humanist was on the radio and just really, by the time I got to church, I was furious. You know, not because she doesn't have the right to express her opinion. I understand that. I believe that. Don't come give me a hard time about that. But because she was talking nonsense. Because, you know, and, and she has a right to put her trust in humanity. But my understanding of humanity is not, it's not trustworthy. I'm not even sure I'm trustworthy. And looking around here, I'm sure about a lot of things. I'd rather put my trust in God. My confidence is in the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I'll choose to believe him. So I'm going to bring my needs to him. Oh yeah, I'll share with you and we'll cry about it together and we'll ask God to meet our needs together. But friends, at the end of the day, it's him who meets our needs. It's he who's revealed himself to be our provider and the one who comes. And so somewhere along the line, we need to have some shameless audacity. God, you told me to come, so here I am. Wouldn't it be great if people were so desperate for the Lord that they were just crying out to God? Do you remember the stories of people like that in the Bible? Bartimaeus, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Shameless audacity. What was the result? He was healed. The woman with the issue of blood, as the crowd pushed by, I'm going to touch him. I'm going to touch him. Get out of my way. I'm touching him. What was the result? She was healed. This Jairus, whose daughter was dying, and he looked at his daughter dying in a bed, and thought, I can either stay with her for the last few moments of her life, or I can break away and find someone who might just save her. See, I think I might just have stayed. And I held her hand as she died. But Jairus said, no, my God can do the impossible. And she broke away. He broke away from his pain and his sorrow to walk towards someone who could bring miracles into his life. Why? Because he said, my God shall supply all my needs. Let's be respectable. We do respectable church, don't we? God help us. Sometimes we need to say, I, 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 God, I need you. I need to have shameless audacity. And I don't know what that looks like in your life. I'm not telling you to be crazy. It's too late for some of you. I'm just saying to you, sometimes you need to say, God, here I am again. God, I'm sick of being here. But Lord, you told me to keep knocking, so I'm going to keep knocking. That's the kind of prayers God loves. And you say, well, why doesn't God do it first time? I don't know. 
Do you? Maybe he just wants us to be serious with him. And you say, well, I don't like that. I don't either. But you do a lot of things I don't like either. It's not about whether you like it or not, friends. It's about how God reveals himself and calls you to follow him. Prayer enables us to be honest. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive those who we're indebted to. See, prayer enables us to say to God, well, you know what I'm like, God. Please forgive me. And even as we say it, we hear him say, okay, are you going to let go of that offense you've been carrying? See, many of us don't pray because we won't deal with this. Because we can't be honest with God. Because you know when you stand with God and you say, well, Lord, yes, thank you, please forgive me. The Spirit of God's going to say, yeah, and you need to deal with that because you've walked away from that. And you're pretending it doesn't matter, but actually we all know it does matter because there's a spiritual bankruptcy in your soul that won't be healed until you choose to obey the word. calls us to be honest we can't fake it with God don't you love it that God knows everything about you and that nobody else does I remember hearing Tony Campolo say uh, he went to preach somewhere and he said good morning my name's Tony Campolo and if you knew everything about me you wouldn't have come to listen to me this morning and everybody went oh how terrible and then he said but if I knew everything about you I wouldn't have bothered coming (laughs) that's the truth isn't it We're all sinners saved by grace. We're all people who are faulty. We're all people who mess up. We're all people who get it wrong. Even the nicest, best looking of us, like me, we we all get it wrong. We make mistakes. We offend. We do things wrong. We offend God. It's sin. It's in our lives. We fight it all our lives because we want to be found to be like Jesus. But we know we're just becoming like him. We're not the finished article. And so we come honestly before him. We say, God, please forgive me my sin. And then we receive his forgiveness because that's what prayer brings. When you pray and say, Lord, please forgive me, the Bible says he's faithful and just, will forgive us. I love it about Jesus, he doesn't put us through the hoop. You know what I mean by that? Because some people, he asks for forgiveness and they say, well, I will forgive you. However, and what they mean is they're going to put out hoops for you to jump through. It's usually by then I leave. I say, well, thanks very much, but if you don't forgive me, that's fine, I'm off. I've forgiven you. You're okay with me. If I'm not okay with you, that's fine. And guess what? I'm okay with God as well because he's asked me to forgive you and I have. (laughs) That wasn't about forgiveness. That was just about relationship. (laughs) See, it's about just finding a way with it. God, prayer enables us to be honest. Bible psalmist says this, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Wow, what a privilege it is. God, I'm sorry. I know you are. It's going to be okay. It's the grace of God pouring our lives. And then finally, Ban, do you want to come back? Prayer helps us in the fight. It says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus closes his teaching by reminding us that it is through prayer that we find the strength to overcome temptation and to resist 
the enemy as he seeks to overcome our lives. You see, we need to recognize that prayer is to strengthen us in the fight that we have. And we're in a fight. If we think we're not in a fight, we deceive ourselves. The enemy of your soul wants to rob you of confidence in God. He wants to rob you of the grace and the work of God in your life. He wants to destroy it. He can't bear the fact that you understand the grace and love of God. He wants you to work for your grace. He wants you to feel that you're not good enough. He wants you to feel that you'll never be what you want to be in God. He'll try anything to trip you up. And so you need to pray, Father, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one because I want to live in the grace of God. And as you pray into that, as you pray that strength into yourself, what happens is you start to view the world as a child of God and you start to say, hey, I'm not going to give way to this. I'm going to stand in the grace of God. I'm going to stand in who I am. I'm going to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. Sometimes the battle is only won because we've prayed. We know that, don't we? We've prayed. We've said, God, please surround my life. Let's stand.